We ran all through the night, with periodic breaks for rest and water, while I checked the maps by the moonlight shining overhead. By the time the sun crept over the horizon in delicate whirls of rose and amber, I was exhausted and disgusted with my own weakness. Down below, Fade and I had run a much more dangerous route in faster time, but we had to account for Tegan's slower strides too. Though the girl was all heart, her leg couldn't carry her indefinitely at the same pace that the rest of us set, and she was limping now, brackets of pain beside her mouth. I didn't make the mistake of noting it out loud, however. Time to make camp. I signaled for Stalker to scout the perimeter, and it was a measure of how much he'd changed that he didn't balk at the order, merely set off to do as I'd asked. As I laid out my blankets, Fade asked, No fire? I shook my head. The sun will be up soon. We don't need it. Tegan added, We'll smell them coming if any of those behind us get close. I nodded at that. This reminded me an awful lot of when we'd wandered the wilderness with only stories handed down by Fade's sire. At least this time we have maps, a route to follow. I wouldn't call it a road exactly, but I spotted faint lines where Longshot's wagon, along with others I was sure, had passed back and forth often enough to reassure me I was still navigating the proper course. As I handed around the meat, bread, and cheese Mama Oaks had packed, Stalker returned. The general area's clear, though I don't like the way it smells to the east. Are we being followed? I asked. I ate in economical bites, sufficient to keep me going, but not make it difficult to rest on an overfull stomach. The others did the same, experienced with balancing the need to stay strong against the wisdom of conserving our resources. After tonight, the meat would be gone, but the bread and cheese should stretch all the way to the end of our journey. Soberly, Stalker nodded. We should expect an attack while we're sleeping, and hope it's not more than we can handle. I swore quietly, the worst word I'd learned during the summer patrols. I hope they didn't spot us coming out of the tunnel. I don't think they did, Fade put in. Out here, he was more his old self, quiet and alert, less of the bleak despair. I suspect they can smell us just as easily as we do them. Of course. The minute he said it, I remembered and recognized the truth. The freaks didn't need to see us emerge. The minute we stepped into the wind, we entered their territory. Like any predator, they noticed such incursions and would take steps to eliminate the threat. If we were lucky, it was only a small hunting party, not a significant portion of the horde. Though maybe that would help salvation if a large number gave chase. We could lead them away from the town towards Soldier's Pond. The settlers there wouldn't thank us for it, but they might believe the threat was real faster. How's that possible? Tegan demanded, looking offended. They're animals, Stalker answered. They have keen senses like a wolf, too, and they notice anything that doesn't match the freak stench. That's how I was able to... I cut myself off before I said, rescue Fade, knowing it would be hard for him to hear. Too soon. Deep down, I wanted him to appreciate what I'd done, 
what I'd risked for him, because there weren't any limits on how far I'd go for my boy. But his black eyes flashed. He knew, even if I didn't speak the words out loud. With a sinking heart, I watched him turn away to lay his bedroll with exaggerated care. Able to what? Tegan asked. Stalker replied for me with unexpected tact. Sneak past some freaks. Deuce rubbed herself with their parts. Blood and worse stuff. Until she reeked. They didn't notice her, though most of them were sleeping. Some was a massive understatement. That was our first sight of the horde. Sufficient to slay everyone in salvation, and then sweep onward to pillage any surviving settlements. The memory swept over me. Freaks awful and staggering in their numbers.